A dog barks when his master is attacked. I would be a coward if I saw that God's truth is attacked and yet would remain silent. John Calvin. Telling a woman that she can't be an elder is a nonsense rule. If they claim to be in the body, we let them have it. Donald Trump is going to win in 2020 by an absolute landslide. Heretics Christianizing the American dream. I said that you, uh, that, that many LDS folks and I uh, love the same Jesus. Uh, I still believe that. Sawing is a blessing from God to make you rich. Treating Jesus like a lottery ticket. The Lord spoke to my heart. There's very few times I've ever heard God be this articulate with me. And I'm telling you word for word, these words came into my heart. I'm not asking you with I'm asking you to brush your hair. That's what God commanded. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to The Master's Dog, episode 149. I'm your host, Norm, The Master's Dog Dunham, a.k.a. The Evangelical Norm. So, uh, The Master's Dog is a podcast dealing with false teachers, false prophets, false gospels. Anything that comes against God's truth, I bark. And that is the whole premise of the show, based on the John Calvin quote at the beginning, when someone attacks God's truth, I'd be a coward if I did not say something. So I uh, started out as a podcast called Faith and Beliefs Refuted, where I was simply responding to the Saints Unscripted uh, segment of their podcast called Faith and Beliefs, which started out with the LDS Articles of Faith. I wanted to respond and show how they didn't line up with Orthodox Christianity. And then they continued on talking about issues of doctrine and theology and so on. And I committed to respond to every one of those videos, which I pretty much have one or two, I didn't actually react to the video. I just threw a screenshot up and said, this thing is basically nothing. Uh, they did get, they do get into some that really don't have anything to do with doctrine or anything. It's just a lot of, recently, even more recently, it's just been a lot of straw man arguments that have been uh, being thrown out there. So um, that was where I started. And then down the road, I wanted to just respond to more people like Stephen Furtick, Joel Osteen, just bad all around bad teachers so that's how the master's dog was born and um, here we are so that's some background for those of you who are new continuing to get more and more new subscribers that's because of you guys who like subscribe comment um, on the video and that makes mr. algorithm that guy right over here yeah get figure out how my finger works um, he sends the video out to more and more people who might be interested in it and yes I've been calling him algae rhythm or algorithm far longer than uh, Space Jam so not stealing anything I think they actually stole it from me or someone else but um, so thank you guys comments comments are really the the thing that help so your comments help this because if someone searches something and you have a word in your comment, they might find it. So leave comments, questions, comments, snide remarks. I'll take all that stuff. Um, I won't ask you to like the video yet because you haven't seen the video yet. So but you can subscribe and hit that notification bell. Get all the content that I release here. I keep meaning to do more and more stuff, but I keep having less and less time to do it. So working on getting a few podcasts done, hopefully a couple done today. Um, and then we'll you know pick up some stuff on Saturday here and there and so on. So oh, all that being said, we are back to uh, our roots of the podcast and we are going to be dealing with Saints Unscripted today. And again, it's kind of a, a, a nothing. Um, David is going to talk about the 
the pamphlet, The Peacemaker, which was mentioned in the TV series on Hulu. If you haven't watched it, you should probably go watch it, Under the Banner of Heaven, based off of the book by John Krakauer, I believe is his name, um, of the same title. Uh, basically a uh, recounting of the Lafferty murders that happened here in Utah years and years ago. Um, I was very young. I want to say it was in the mid 80s sometime when all this went down. So um, good show. Well done. Um, Hulu, I might do a review of it on Unsolicited one of these days. Um, but check it out and then you'll know exactly what David is talking about. He gives a little background on it. Um, and honestly, we get to find out that it really, well, we'll talk about it. Let, let's let David talk and we'll do what we do. We'll respond in kind as needed. So here is our friend David Snell from Saints Unscripted. Hey guys, so I was recently watching a show called Under the Banner of Heaven, and in one of the episodes, one of the characters, a psychopathic murderer, psychopath would pretty much wrap it up, mentioned a pamphlet called The Peacemaker, which he described as an essential LDS tract printed by joseph smith himself if it's so essential why have i never heard of it the challenge with any show that is based on a true story is that it can be really difficult for viewers to separate fact from fiction things aren't always what they seem to be some things are beyond belief so that's what we're going to try to do today what is the peacemaker was it really an essential lds tract and just how involved with it was joseph smith let's talk about it all right so before they get into the intro and all this stuff let's Let's talk about it a little bit. Um, I've noticed more and more, they've done multiple reviews of this show. And I think the release of this show made the Mormon podcast world and apologetics world more nervous than the actual killings made the actual LDS church nervous when all the stuff about the FLDS and stuff started coming out. Because... In reality, for years and years, the FLDS was this hidden secret down in southern Utah that nobody really knew about. Uh, when this murder trial came to light and um, all of the publicity about it started to come out and the things about the Peacemaker, FLDS, uh, Mormon believes in polygamy and so on, all this stuff started to come to the light and the church, and you'll see... Uh, depicted in this show how the the leaders of the LDS church began to get nervous. And so, again, history repeating itself. The podcast world, as the TV show has been released, is getting more and more nervous. So they're jumping at every possibility to react to anything that could you know upset anyone <coughs> um, with some some fervency. So... That's really what this episode today is about. Fact or fiction? All right, so The Peacemaker was published at the Nauvoo Printing House in 1842. The pamphlet is 37 pages long and, in a nutshell, is basically a commentary on how society was crumbling because women exercised too much power over their husbands. The author draws from the Bible to argue that wives are essentially valuable property to their husbands. It's really incredibly sexist. The pamphlet is also pro-polygamy, which we'll talk more about later. Here's the deal. 
Joseph Smith did not write this pamphlet. The author was Udney Hay Jacob. The pamphlet was apparently an extract from an unpublished book that Udney had written sometime before March 1840, which was when he corresponded with President Martin Van Buren in an attempt to promote his work. Udney was not a member of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints when this pamphlet was published. In the preface, he wrote, The author of this work is not a Mormon, although it is printed by their press. It was the most convenient. Why was it convenient? Probably because Udney lived in the same county as the Saints in Illinois. His son Norton did join the church in 1841 and was living in Nauvoo by the end of 1842. My father said he had rather heard I was dead than that I was a Mormon. In the previously mentioned letter to the president, Udney wrote, These Mormons know but very little of me, but sir, I know them, and I know them to be a deluded and dangerous set of fanatics. Dangerous, I say, as far as their influence goes. Udney did end up joining the church the year after the pamphlet was published, but soon left and then came back in 1845. All right, so let's deal with some of this stuff here. Um, again, all this stuff about Udney, Hay, and, and so on. Um, I find it interesting that he says the things he says about the Mormons and then joins the Mormon church. Um, very convenient. Uh, he'd rather his son be dead than be a Mormon. He joins the Mormon church, right? And so there's all this stuff going on. A lot of times I honestly think that some of these people join the LDS church just for the potential power that, that could come with it, the, the status. And, and I mean, we see that in Mormonism today. We see the fact that there are certain family names that are elevated higher than others. I mean, we saw this with the TV show. The The Lafferty's were a very uh, well-known LDS name, and they had some status in the community uh, because of who they were and so on. So the fact that he, you know, he makes the statement, I, I, I find it interesting that he says the author of this is not a Mormon, but it is printed by their press. I'm like, um, wow, this, similarities to the chosen at all. Dallas Jenkins, um, who continues to, I'm not a Mormon, but I, how close is he to, to becoming um, one? Right. And so we'll see how that goes in uh, the future. But. So again, we're, I, I, I did want to mention in the, in the introduction that how quickly he was to point out that the peacemaker is mentioned by a psychopathic killer um, in the beginning of the show, which, I mean, okay, you could probably use the same terminology for Brigham Young. Um, I don't know. Maniacal, um, megalomaniac, egomaniac, uh, narcissistic, um, and yeah, he's talked about quite a bit in this show as well, uh, as the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not catalyst, not originator, but the, uh, the one who, who instructed, they gave the order for the mountains, meadow, mountain meadows massacre. So, you know, I mean, with a grain of salt as they, you know, obviously they're going to add homonym. The, those who wrote the art or the, the pamphlet and those who endorsed it in the movie in some way, shape or form. Nauvoo was convenient geographically, but rumors about polygamy were in the air in 1842. And while the pamphlet was not directed at members of the church, it could be that Udney thought it might be received with some sympathy there. In any case, it wasn't. 
Soon after the pamphlet came out, Joseph Smith denounced it in the Times and Seasons. There was a book printed at my office a short time since, written by Udney H. Jacobs, on marriage, without my knowledge, and had I been apprised of it, I should not have printed it. Not that I am opposed to any man enjoying his privileges, but I do not wish to have my name associated with the authors in such an unmeaning rigmarole of nonsense, folly, and trash. Now, despite Joseph's disavowal, because the pamphlet was published in Nauvoo, had Joseph's name on it, and dealt with polygamy, some people believe that Joseph actually was aware of it and did want it published. For example, in the 1877 book Mormonism Unveiled, John D. Lee claimed, Joseph the prophet set a man by the name of Sidney Hay Jacobs to select from the Old Bible such scriptures as pertained to polygamy or celestial marriage, and to write it in pamphlet form and to advocate that doctrine. This he did as a feeler among the people to pave the way for celestial marriage. Joseph saw that it would break up the church should he sanction it, so he denounced the pamphlet as a bundle of nonsense and trash. Claims like these were not new. John Taylor addressed a similar claim in 1845, which you can pause and read. All right, we're not going to pause and read it because my screen is too small to read that. Um, but you, if you go on and go back to the original video and read it, well, you know what? We're paused. Let's read it. It says, John Taylor, I knew that there were uh, there was a great deal of hypocrisy and deception wherein the innocent were led away by false pretenses, and that I had been called upon to expose the corruption of some men who were secretly who were in secret publishing the doctrines contained in a book written by Udney H. Jacobs, which was a corrupt book. They state that it was Joseph's views published under a cloak of another man's name, and that the character of Joseph Smith was implicated in the matter, and whether he addressed the congregation on these things or not, I should have spoken on that subject. So, um, again, here, here's a common thing that happens so often in the LDS church, is you will have uh, two people making claims, and they're pitted against each other. So you'll get, Joseph Smith says, oh, well, yeah, you know, I didn't, I never really had endorsed it or blah 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 and then you got john lee going well you know the the prophet did endorse it and he sent the man to write the book and blah 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 so what we get is we get all of these con contradicting statements uh throughout the history of, of mormonism and that's one of the issues that i've always had with it is uh you get people talking out of both sides of their mouths and you really can never find what truth is now my pre personal preference, I go to the source. So Joseph Smith denounced it. But again, we have example of ex after example after example of how Joseph Smith, uh, basically a con man. So, you know, you can't really trust the words of the man who gave you the Book of Mormon and said it was the most corrupt book of it, or most <laughs> Freudian slip, most correct book of any book uh, known to man under uh, whatever he said. A man can get closer to God by its precepts, but yet it is absolutely fraud. You know, the, the, the way he translated it and everything else is all con man material. So, again, we have to consider all this the the constant contradiction of of issues within mormonism when we look at things like this Now, it's true that Joseph was privately practicing polygamy at this time, so it's not surprising that people would be sus Okay. 
Let's just take that statement. It's true that Joseph was privately practicing polygamy at this time. Still at the publicly denouncing it already had multiple wives had not come out with doctrine and covenants 142 i believe it is is it 142 or 132 that that gives us uh polygamy wow yep i'm old i need to need to swap out for the readers here pardon me for a moment while i look for this section of uh mormon uh doctrine so i believe it's 132 um If I can find the page, Doctrine and Covenant Revelation given through Joseph Smith the prophet relating to a new and everlasting covenant, including the eternity of the marriage covenant, also plurality of wives. So, yeah. Um, commandment to Emma Smith, the wife of the prophet. That's that's a, a key thing in here as well. And I'm going to actually find that rather quickly. So she, uh, okay, we're going we're gonna to hold that because we're going to read that because that's where we're going to, um, wrap this whole thing up is sorry for bumping the mic um, with that. So I'm going to let David continue and finish, but we're going to look at this as opposed to the peacemaker, because who cares about the peacemaker? We've got doctrine and covenants 132. Um, but again, it's just striking that so quickly he just breezes by you know joseph smith denied it this and that blah 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 but it is true that at this time joseph was secretly practicing polygamy so, uh, you know can we not address that elephant in the room david of his potential involvement in a pro-polygamy pamphlet. But John D. Lee's theory quickly runs into problems. For example, this is a letter written by Udney Jacob to Joseph Smith in 1844, long after the pamphlet had been published. He opens the letter by stating, Dear Sir, I hope you will not consider this letter an intrusion. I have not, to be sure, the pleasure of a personal acquaintance with you, nor do I know that I am worthy of that favor. The letter suggests that even by 1844, Joseph and Udney had never met, making allegations of a conspiracy much more complicated. Aha! Aha! But the pamphlet also teaches various ideas that Joseph clearly didn't believe in. For example, in the preface, Udney claimed to fulfill a prophecy in Malachi about the coming of Elijah. This is in stark contradiction to DNC 110, originally recorded in Joseph's journal in 1836, which describes a very different fulfillment of that same prophecy. The pamphlet also teaches that marriage ends with death. Joseph, on the other hand, had already been teaching before 1842 that marriage could last beyond the grave. Historian Richard L. Bushman noted another discrepancy that you can pause and read if you'd like. All right. Well, while we're here, and since we're, we're pausing and reading stuff, let's read it. Joseph's family doctrine did not grow out of a diagnosis of social ills like the Peacemaker or Doctrines of the Millennium by Udney Hay Jacobs, a book favoring plural marriage published in 1842 by the Mormon press in Nauvoo. Jacob, who was not Mormon at the time, argued for easy divorce and polygamous marriage in order to reduce the sexual influence of women and restore male authority. Society, Jacob believed, was suffering from the decay of patriarchal dominance and would perish unless men were put back in charge. Women were lording it over their husbands, Jacob thought, because of men's sexual needs. 
Polygamy would liberate men and restore their rightful authority. Joseph's plural marriage revelation also gave husbands the upper hand, but it said nothing about loss of control or family deterioration. The revelation was about bonding, not dominance, and its concern was to preserve family into eternity. Now, I'm going to disagree with the whole bonding, not dominance thing, because, again, we're going to read what was said to Emma Smith um, in Doctrine and Covenants 32, and you can tell me whether or not that's about dominance or not. So, continue. If Joseph orchestrated the publication of this pamphlet, I don't see why he would have let things like this through, which he clearly did not believe. Joseph Smith was obviously pro-polygamy at this time, but I still think it's totally reasonable for Joseph to denounce Udney's take on the issue, along with the other nonsense it contains. In an 1850 edition of the Millennial Star, Eli Kelsey offered his perspective on the issue. It's too long for me to read to you, so please pause and check it out for yourself. All right. Um, I don't know that we're going to read this. Who cares? Because we're going to get to some interesting stuff. So um, if you would like to um, read it at some time, you can grab the original video and watch it and pause and read this. Um, but yeah, we're going to continue on. At the end of the day, I tend to agree with Kelsey. Not everything printed in Nauvoo was for the church. Obviously, somebody at the press had to be aware of the pamphlet. Perhaps they found it interesting, but at its core, I think this was just another print job. It was quickly and forcefully denounced, and it certainly was never an essential LDS tract. It wasn't even written by a member of our faith. Is this a true story? It's a figment of a writer's imagination. I do wish there was more information available about how this came to be printed, but based on the information we do have, this is what makes the most sense to me. As always, you're free to come to your own conclusions. All right, that's it. Um, we're done. So again... <sighs> product of the, the author's imagination. That's your Book of Mormon right there. So, but let's look at, so the Peacemaker, whether it was written by a Mormon or not, whether, who cares? Again, what we, we have Mormon scripture. We have the LDS writings of, of the actual, that you cannot deny were the beliefs and the, the teachings of Joseph Smith because it is considered scripture by the LDS church. But what I want to look at is the very end. So again, he says, um, let's start at 61. We'll read all this. And again, as pertaining to the law of the priesthood, if any man espouse a virgin and desire to espouse another and her, the first give her consent. And if he espouses the second and they are virgins and have vowed to no other man, then he is justified. He cannot commit adultery for they are given unto him for he cannot commit adultery with that, with that that belongeth unto him and no one else. And if he have ten virgins given to him un, unto him by this law, he cannot commit adultery, for they belong to him, and they are given unto him. Therefore, he is justified. But again, we're looking at this, and, and many of the women that Joseph Smith married were not virgins, and they were not given to him. They, they, he certainly didn't have the consent of their husbands that they were still married to. Um, but if one or either of the ten virgins after she is a spouse shall be with another man, she has committed adultery and shall be destroyed. For they are given unto him to multiply and replenish the earth according to my commandment to fulfill the promise which was given by my father before the foundation of the world and for the exaltation of the eternal world, blah, 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 blah. And bear the souls of men, for herein is the work he, of my father continued that he may be glorified. Um, let's bounce down here. Um, 
Where is it? Uh, and again, verily, verily, I say unto you, if any man have a wife who holds the keys to this power, and he teaches her unto the law of the priesthood as pertaining these things, then shall she believe and administer unto him, or she shall be destroyed, saith the Lord your God, for I will destroy her, for I will magnify my name upon all those who receive and abide in this law. Therefore it shall be lawful in me if she receive not this law, for him to receive all things whatsoever I, the Lord the God, his God, will give unto him, because she did not believe and administer unto him according to my word. And then she becomes the transgressor, and he is exempt from the law of Sarah, who administered unto Abraham according to the law when I commanded him to take blah, blah, blah. Essentially, this is where, um, and there's another one. Oh, 54. And I command mine handmaid, Emma Smith, to abide and cleave unto my servant Joseph, and to none else. But if she will not abide this commandment, she shall be destroyed, saith the Lord. For I am the Lord thy God, and will destroy her if she not if she abide not in my law. Literally, in this, this revelation, there is a threat against his wife. Who cares about the peacemaker and anything it says? This is as damning a document as anything there can be. Joseph Smith is literally writing this stuff. I mean, this is, this is gobbledygook. Nowhere biblically do we ever see anywhere where God is commanding people to take plural wives. That was all done by men on their own, of their own accord. Nowhere did God say, go take this second woman as your wife. And whether it be Abraham, whether it be Jacob, any of, any of the, the men, Solomon, David, any of the men who engaged, and there was never, if we look at the, the reality, plural marriage always had some kind of problem that came along with it. I mean, with Hagar, I mean, Sarah cast her out, sent her off to be, you know, I mean, we don't get that here. You're, you don't have Joseph Smith talking about the fact that, that did God destroy Sarah? I mean, she died not long afterwards. Maybe that was, she wasn't abiding by the law of polygamy, so God destroyed her, right? Sarah kicked her out. There was all kinds of animosity. You, you see, I mean, the 12 tribes of Israel came from the fact that these women who were all married, uh, you know, the two sisters initially, and then they're giving their, their handmaids, all these, these children are being born because there's competition going on. For the, the, the love of the, the husband. Not a positive thing. So again, we have all of this, this going on. And then, you know, I mean, it, was, it wasn't never a good outcome for Solomon with all the concubines and wives that he had taken. Plural marriage is never a positive thing. Did God use it for good? Absolutely. Can he? Absolutely. He can do that. We see that, you know, Joseph and the, the line that, that descended through him and, and Judah and all that. I mean, it was plural marriage that brought this all about. Yes, granted, God uses these things for the good of those who love him, but he never commanded it. And by certainly did he never threaten the wife of the man who wanted the plural marriage. I mean, this is just this is disgusting. I find this vile. And the fact that at any point in time, I actually, I mean, this should have been, this should be the, the, the turning point for every member of the LDS church to walk away when they read this garbage. Yeah, I'm saying garbage. 
Doctrine and Covenants 132 should be the point where everybody walks away and says Joseph was a sexual megalomaniac, egotistic con man. And that should be the result. But the burning in the bosom, right? The, the, the deception, the deceit of the heart for what people want is far more appealing, apparently, than God's truth, which is why I bark. So there you go, guys. Hopefully you found this helpful. Uh, this was a longer episode than I intended it to be. Um, so hopefully I can get to a couple more episodes of stuff coming up here in the next little bit. But thank you for taking the time out to listen, to watch. Now would be a great time to like the video if you liked it. If not, um, you can dislike it too. I, I, don't, I, I, I can handle that. But again, questions, comments, snide remarks, I'll take all the smoke. Um, subscribe, share, do all that stuff. Help uh, the channel out if you would. I would appreciate it. Um, and always, as always, preach the gospel at all times. Use words. They're necessary. Until next time, Soli Deo Gloria.